Folks, let me give you some friendly advice. Do not be the creative who spends thousands and thousands of your hard-earned dollars on equipment each year without spending one penny on your marketing. If there's ever been a time to rise above the noise and do something just a little bit different to impress your leads and wow your clients, I would say now's that time. And my favorite way to do that is by leveraging print promotion using the photography that I am the most proud of. So our amazing friends at Bay Photo Lab have almost every product that you can think of, from magazines to photo books to promo cards that you can leave behind. And listen, if you just want something to dazzle your office or living space at home with, well, they have options for that too. You can get prints and wall displays from basically every style, from canvas to metal to acrylic. And the best part is you can get 25% off your first time order just by going to bayphoto.com, signing up today. They ship everywhere in the world, folks, and all their products look incredible. So do yourself a favor, start leaving an impact, whether it's for your personal memories at home or for your professional marketing at work. Bay Photo Lab, designed by photographers for photographers. You are listening to Entrepreneurs, a podcast that inspires photographers and visual artists who live their best creative lives. My name is Michael Durr. I am your host and a full-time photographer here to give you some tools so you can build your life in creative self-employment. Beyond that, I get to sit down with an amazing community of creative professionals to talk about process, business, and the lessons that have helped them grow. So let's get to it. Entrepreneur Season 2, kicking off next. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the show. It is your host, Michael Durr. Thrilled to have you guys here for episode 75 of Entrepreneurs. Uh, be sure to follow us on Instagram at EntrepreneursPod and on our site at EntrepreneursPod.com. Hopefully, we've done enough to earn your likes, your subscriptions, your downloads, your reviews. And if not, that's totally okay, too. Hopefully, you'll just stay through the end of the episode and kick the tires on this topic and maybe ask yourself the same type of questions going forward as you exit your college journey. So at the time of this recording, we do have college graduations going on right now. And that's really the impetus behind this episode, because I want to talk about the next steps that graduates will invariably face upon leaving school, particularly when it comes to finances. So if you're in college, if maybe if you're in high school, or if you're a parent whose child is potentially going through this graduating process right now, then this episode could actually be for you. Now, I want to preface that I am no financial expert in any capacity. I am not a CPA. I am not a financial advisor. I am not somebody that you should consult if you are investing into stocks or anything along those lines. Uh, I have no unilateral authority in any way to guide all Gen Zs on the right financial direction. Okay, This world is constantly changing anyway. So I am just here to give you food for thought. You can do whatever you'd like with this information. You can either throw it in the trash or you can use it to uh, seek out more professional help. It's totally up to you. Now, before we get to the money aspect, the money talk here, let me first just say congratulations to everybody graduating. You're throwing your caps in the air this month, celebrating with your friends and family. That is fantastic. Uh, embrace the achievement, really. Take pride in the hard work that you've done to get to this point. And it is hard work. And in many ways, I would say it's harder work being in college than being out of college. The only thing that makes being out of college harder is the lack of guidance, in my opinion. You have to be more proactive in that sense to build your network. But the work in college is no joke. It's way harder than taking pictures for a living, in my opinion. I can say that. So celebrate your achievement. Take pride in what you've just done. And um, hold on to those relationships, too. You know, if you're lucky like me, you'll still be talking to your best friends from college on the regular, even though you haven't seen them in 10, 15 years. Okay, so that's a very important bond that I think college is uniquely adept at, uh, at fostering, at nurturing, at creating. Okay, so uh, now the adulting is going to begin. All right, hopefully you've gotten some insight on this during your high school years at home. Maybe mom and dad talked to you about credit cards, talked to you about debt, all those things. But now it's for real. You're going to have real income, real expenses, real problems. 
And I'm actually going to give you the benefit of the doubt, just like I do everyone. I always assume people are smarter than me. At least they start off smarter than me because I was really an idiot for a, a large portion of my young adulthood. Uh, so I assume that people graduating right now probably have jobs lined up. They've got 12 months of rent squared away. They got no debt um, because that's what I did not have. Okay. But just in case you don't, uh, just in case you're kind of like me, just in case you were focused on doing the best as you could in your studies and you didn't really have a whole lot of energy to think about the next phase, please consider the following. Okay. I'm going to give you three financial targets that I think can help guide you as you begin your post-college career. Number one, get to zero as fast as you can. All right, so this might surprise you, but you are likely in a major deficit as you start your working career right after college, okay? So you don't start at zero. Chances are you start well below that because the average student graduates with nearly $40,000 of student loan debt, okay? So that's the average, folks. There are plenty of you out there that have six figures in student loan debt, which is a ridiculous number in and of itself. But when you tack on the interest rates, you could see your loans grow over time, even after you've spent years paying them off. Okay, that's a very scary reality. You could legitimately spend the next 10 years of your life paying them off each month like you're supposed to, and then still see a greater amount owed than when you started. So the ramifications of that are actually pretty numerous. It's, it's opportunity cost here, okay, which is a basic business principle. If you are spending most of your money on one thing, then you will not be able to get the other thing or things. So that's a real problem as you start to grow into adulthood. Maybe you want to get married. Maybe you want to own a home. Maybe you want to have kids. Maybe you want to invest. Maybe you want to travel. Well, it's hard to accomplish those things when you're constantly chipping down debt at a slower rate than it's actually growing. So we clearly need to get out of the red as soon as we can. Now, before I go any further, I do want to address one little thought that might be ruminating in your head, which is, well, aren't my student loans going to be forgiven? I've heard all about how these graduates haven't had to pay since the start of the 2020 recession. There's talks about canceling it entirely. What's going on there? And to that, I will say, yes, at least for federal loans, there has been an ongoing pause or freeze on the student loan debt, which was instituted by President Trump at the start of the pandemic, I believe. And it has been extended several times by President Biden since. Additionally, yes, there are growing talks about canceling a lot of the student loan debts, about $10,000 for borrowers earning less than six figures, which is certainly not official, but that's what I've heard basically being pitched around. Now, regardless of what happens with those decisions, whether forgiveness comes down the pike or not, my advice to you for anyone who has student loan debt is to continue living your life and operating your business as if that help will never come. Okay, so for the past two years during this whole pandemic situation, we've basically built this mentality among borrowers that student loans just don't apply to us anymore. Okay, 60% of the borrowers with loans from the Department of Education paid $0 toward their loans during the pause. So that's substantial. Our human behavior has effectively changed. Our mental state towards this debt has changed. It's shifted. And so the concern I have is that that mentality might accelerate lifestyle inflation and give you a false sense of confidence to pay for things that you may not be able to afford. Now, understandably, if someone is going to freeze the payment demands and they take away the interest, then it's hard not to take somebody up on that offer, especially during such a volatile time. But I would propose to those who are earning income to continue paying down your debt as if no help is coming, okay? So think of this as an extended 0% APR period, right? Interest-free periods are a great opportunity to kill off your debts faster because your payments will go straight to the principal and not the interest, okay? So that's very important to understand. And I know I'm getting into the weeds on this a little bit more than I'd like to, but basically the principal is whatever you initially borrowed. So if you take out $30,000 in loans, that's your principal. And the interest is whatever the percentage rate is. So it's maybe 6%, 8%, 10%. And typically, when you pay your student loan balances off each month, the majority of it is actually going towards your fees and your interest first before going to the principal. 
which is really hard to kill off that debt if you never touch the principal. So my advice is not only to pay your student loans off each month, but to pay well above the minimums. You know, that's going to ensure that your payments attack the principal, which is going to allow you to kill off debt way faster. So if you get any found money, if you get a $200 check from grandma for your birthday, or if you pick up a little extra side hustle, uh, you know, start throwing that at your student loans before you start buying new gear. So I see this grace period of 0% interest as this really golden opportunity to lower your debt. You know, if you get $10,000 for giving down the road, so be it. But my advice is to approach it as if it's not coming and knock this out as fast as you can. So if your minimums are $500 each month, try to pay $600 if you can. I know it sucks. I get it. You're going to have to cut out dinners and drinks with friends. You're going to have to use old and used equipment for a bit. But honestly, it's the fastest way to get this weight off your chest because, you know, student loans will stay with you for your life if you let it. The whole goal here is to get to zero ASAP, and then you can start building wealth. Number two, start your investing now. All right, so folks, I am not one to guarantee any return on any specific investment, but historically speaking, investing does favor the young. Okay, so consistent investing at an early age is going to yield greater results in return simply because of a wonderful thing called compound interest. And it really behooves you to understand this concept. It is the interest that you earn on the interest. And I've talked to so many of my friends, my colleagues over the years, you know, what would you do differently at 22 years old? And everyone basically comes back with the same answer, which is, you know, I would have started investing earlier. And folks, that is with two major disruptions in the economy over the past 15 years. So it just goes to show you how powerful this can be. Now, I think the problem that people face typically is the lack of understanding of how these things work, right? What is a 401k? What is matching? What is the difference between a Roth and a SEP IRA? You know, it takes some time to learn these terms and decide what route is best for you. And one of my favorite quotes that I kind of often tell myself is, and this goes back to my sales days, is a confused mind always says no. All right. So if you're confused, you're never going to invest. You're always going to play defense. You're always going to keep your money in a savings account or under your mattress, which means you're going to miss out on one of the greatest advantages that you have, which is time. There is almost no replacement for that at a time. You could double your contributions as you get older, but the power of leveraging compound interest is the sheer amount of years that you have to let that money work for you. And folks, at some point in your life, you will want your money working for you. doesn't have to be crazy, but it can't just be that 0.01% in your savings account. That is not cutting it. It's not even matching inflation. And just for a second, I want to take this mathematical sidebar here. I want to introduce you to a financial equation that people often use when looking into investments, which is the rule of 72. It's a very simple shortcut to calculate how long it would take for your money to double. It's very simple. So basically, you take 72 and you divide it by the interest rate. That's it. Okay, so let's take pre-pandemic numbers here for a second. Hypothetically, if you had a high-yield savings account getting you 1% back, that is 72 divided by 1, which turns out to be 72. That means it would take you 72 years to have your money doubled, presuming you never touched it in that time. Now, hypothetically, let's jump that interest rate up to, let's say, 3%. That's 72 divided by 3, which comes out to 24. That means it's going to take you 24 years for that money to double, which is better. Now you're seeing the power of just a few percentage points at how that can make a difference. Now, what if we got to 6% interest, okay? That would take you 12 years to double because 72 divided by 6 equals 12. Now, naturally, we want our money to double as fast as we can. And effectively, what that rule is showing you is that high interest rates will yield faster returns. But what it is not showing you necessarily is that higher interest rates tend to come with a little bit more volatility or more risk, which may or may not be your ultimate style. That's why I bring up investing early, because if you want to play it more conservatively with less risk, you can do that simply by starting sooner. 
the more time you have, the more doubles you can ultimately gain without having to sacrifice all of your cash flow. So if you start at 50, you're going to have to invest more money or get higher interest rates that might be more volatile. Okay, that's the trade-off. It's not the end of the world, but it's nice knowing that just because of your age, if you start at 22, let's say, you could invest very conservatively, meaning less risk, and invest very little of your money and still come out ahead. Because the sheer amount of years it will have compounding is in your advantage. That's the point. It's getting you started. Now, you don't have to put in 50% of your paycheck. Like I said, you might have to do that if you're 50, but at 22, you could put in $50 a month and come out on top. So the whole point is do your research, consult a professional or two or three, don't go in blind, but do find a way to get your money working for you as early as possible. Whether you want to be aggressive, whether you want to be conservative, your choice, but find somebody that can help you in that direction. Because at the end of the day, you will not get this time back. Number three, don't be pressured to chase a lifestyle. Okay, so don't compare your lifestyle to others. I would hold that principle to heart regardless of your age. I don't care if you're 22 or 52. Stop playing that game. Now, maybe it's your burning desire to live a very lavish lifestyle. Like you want to be a baller and ballers do baller things. And that's fine. Who am I to cap your ambitions? I don't actually have a problem with that. Not everyone is suited for a, uh, a humble lifestyle. But the problem I have is if you chase that baller lifestyle without the ability to pay for it, then you're just a freaking moron. Okay, so don't pretend to have everything when you really have nothing. Don't be that guy. And I get selling the image for your brand, but man, you better convert those sales if you're going to do that. You know, there's a saying called house rich and cash poor. And maybe you're not looking into buying a home right now. It's just a, it's just a saying, but you might be looking into nice clothes, fancy parties, a new car, a European vacation. So the saying still applies. Don't be cash poor chasing a lifestyle you can't afford. Okay, and maybe it's not even the lifestyle that you're chasing. Maybe you're doing it more admirably, like you want to invest into your business, you want to get better gear, you want to get higher education. Just do so under the conditions that you can afford what you're seeking. Okay, so targets one and two that I just talked about, killing off your student loan debts, investing, you can't do that if you pursue a lifestyle that exceeds your resources. It just can't be done. So it's not going to take you 20 years to kill off that loan. It's going to take you 50 years, okay? You're literally going to die with it. So consider ways to live as small as you can early to one, just gauge, you know, what life actually costs. Like you don't really have that barometer yet until you have all the bills hitting your mailbox. And then two, living small is going to allow you to build those better foundations for your health, such as paying off the debt and building your savings. Okay. Now I am a huge proponent of moving back home after college. Okay. And I did a whole talk on this in episode 47 about, you know, how to maximize living at home with your mom or your dad. It's a tremendous weapon that you can have in your arsenal if you approach it wisely, because the goal is to build up this runway, at least a financial runway, while you're living rent-free. The only thing is, it requires an exit strategy if you really want to maximize your net worth, which is a small sacrifice to pay. It's a huge advantage if you can get it. So check out episode 47. I think it's a really important thing to consider if you're going to be staying at home for a little bit. Now, if you're not staying at home and you found a job across the country or you're out of state somewhere you know, just do your best to live within your means so that you can attack your debts and start investing. If you keep matching your lifestyle with your income, then those things will never actually happen. You'll never clear your debt. You'll never start investing and get that compound interest working for you. And you'll always be fighting this financial quicksand, right? You're going to always be climbing and climbing and climbing as best you can and using all your energy and your resources, but you're just going to keep getting deeper and deeper and deeper. So in the end, attack your student loans aggressively, get the ball rolling on your investing, even if it's a small amount, 
and live within your means, if not well below your means, so that you can get ahead in the long run. You know, you guys just graduated college, and I promise you some of the courses that you just took are way harder than what I've told you today. There is nothing conceptually difficult about any of this, okay? It just takes willpower, and I know you have it in you. So congrats to all of you amazing graduates, wishing you guys the very best in your journey. Keep on keeping on. That is my time for today. Be sure to like, subscribe, and review the show on your favorite platform. Thank you again, everybody, and have a great rest of your week. What's up, entrepreneurs? Thank you for tuning in and making it all the way to the end of the episode. If you enjoyed the content you just listened to, hit subscribe and tune in again next week. Also, follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Entrepreneurs Pod for updates, promos, and giveaway contests that we run throughout the year. And if you haven't already, be sure to check out our really cool website, EntrepreneursPod.com. It's a great resource for you to download informational PDFs and booklets, access discount codes from our amazing affiliates, and read what our audience is up to on our community blog. For now, I just want to say thank you for tuning in, supporting the show, and being a part of this journey. This is Michael Durr signing off for now, Entrepreneurs Season 2. Let's go. This episode of Entrepreneurs was brought to you by Bay Photo Lab. First-time orders receive 25% off on any professional photo printing product or service. Yes, I said 25%. Just go to bayphoto.com to browse the amazing selection of gifts, prints, and displays. That's bayphoto.com once again. Thank you all for tuning in, and we'll see you next week.